Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. to see the house of God full. I love it. I'm sure there's overflow. So hello, overflow. Good to see you and those online. Hey, welcome, welcome. Can we stand to hear the word that God has for us this morning? We're going to find in Psalm 102 verses 18 through 22, and it says this, let this be recorded for future generations so that a people not yet born will praise the Lord. Tell them the Lord looked down from his heavenly sanctuary. He looked down to earth from heaven to hear the groans of the prisoners, to release those condemned to die. And so the Lord's fame will be celebrated in New Jersey. <laughs> his praises will resound in Lyndhurst. <laughs> I love the Lord of the Lord. Let's pray and let's seal that together. Father, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing even now that generations to come who do not know who you are will praise who you are because of what you will do in and through us. And so give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive what you have for us this morning. Let it be you that speaks to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you. Hey, grab a seat. Yes, so good, so good, so good. We got to thank our worship team. What an incredible time together was that. And for those who got baptized, wow, I love it. Uh, there was this one, I think it had been a mom or grandmother, right? Like she was pumped, like seeing whoever it was on the tank. And I was like, yes, let's go. Generations. Like that's an answered prayer, I'm sure, for her. Amen. Um, but hey, my name is Rolani. I get to be a pastor uh, on team. And can I say I am as equally excited to have our senior pastors back. So excited. So excited. Can we give it up for them? Are we happy they're back? <laughs> yeah, and I get to oversee our transform groups that are starting in just a couple weeks. So uh, that video is incredible, but can I tell you the real thing is greater? <laughs> Being, showing up to the men's night, to our Resilient Woman One Night, to our groups. Oh, it's so much better than you can ever think. And so I um, felt like this was a, a word for for us, even after just last week and thinking about what was ministered to us, I felt like God had something very specific for us. And so I don't know if you've ever been in a situation or a circumstance where you thought to yourself, it's gotta be better. Like, it's gotta be better than this. Whatever this is, it's gotta be better. Has anyone ever felt like that? Like you're doing something, you're like, yep, it's gotta be better, yeah. And so I uh, recently got engaged, which is super exciting. <laughs> yeah. And 
so for those of us who have been on that journey, you know, wedding planning is, is quite an experience. Um, and one that I thank God I get to only, I'm only doing once in my life. Um, and so part of the, the biggest advice people have been giving me so far is like, you have to find a venue. If you find a venue, then you find everything you need. Perfect. Great. So we're on this hunt for the venue. And I will say it was quite, quite the journey. Our first venue we went to, we loved. It was an empty space. It was very industrial. And we thought to ourselves, oh, we have to do everything in this venue. Like it only came with the space. We still had to put chairs there and linens. And I was like, no, my fiance and I were like, we got to make this easier for us. This isn't, this isn't our style. Let's, let's keep moving on. So, okay, go to the next venue. And we were like, we fell in love with it inside. We're like, the inside, that's great. The price for those of us who are, you know, counting expenses here, or like our budget, we're like, oh, this is amazing. And then we went outside and we realized like Ted's automobile shop is right there. And as we're picturing us taking pictures, I don't know if I want Ted uh, <laughs> as her backdrop. Yeah, yeah, so right price. Wrong place. And then we went to this venue who, oh my goodness, Pinterest is a liar. <laughs> I saw all the pictures on Pinterest and I was like, babe, I think this is it. This is the venue. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. I can see our families doing all these things together. And sure enough, we got there and it, it really didn't do it justice. Um, I will say uh, there was a nice under construction sign right at the front door. And I'm like, okay, so how do we get in? How is our families going to get in? Because that's immediately what I think. I'm like, this has to be clear enough for our Spanish families to understand where they're going and all this other stuff. And I was like, this under construction sign, not it. <laughs> and the guy was like, no, 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 it'll be done before you know it. I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. Um, and it was also very expensive. So again, right place, but you know, too expensive. And then, and then we finally found our venue. And what was so interesting about finding the place is that even on the drive there, we felt peace. We were like, wow, we could even live in this town one day. This is amazing. We didn't even get to the place yet. And we're like, I just like, I just want to be here. Forget everywhere else. Like this is, this place might be good. We buy a house. <laughs> and sure enough, that is what we did. We went with something different. But for some of us, when we think about things getting better, that's what I want to talk to us about. For those of us taking notes to title my message that, it gets better. It gets better. Whatever it is for you, it gets better. <laughs> Take that with you. Because I want to talk about how a future with God over time gets better. See, school's starting back up this week. And for some parents, I want to let you know, it gets better. <laughs> for some of our students who've been off this summer, it gets better. Going back to school, it gets better. Trust me. <laughs> In a few weeks, the season's going to change. Those chilly mornings are going to be chillier. But guess what? It gets better. Those pumpkin spice lattes are available. <laughs> and, I believe, and I love football season. So that for me is like, yes, let's go. It's time. <laughs> um, but God gets, but God is better. Therefore, we get better. And that's what I want us to know. It gets better, meaning God is better. What God has for us is better. Therefore, we get better. 
See, circumstances may change in our lives. People may change in our lives, but he doesn't change. The very fact that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever gives us the confidence to know that over time, it gets better because he is better. Amen? Now, over time, you will get to see God with everything that we need him to be. If we need him to be a provider, he will show up in that way. If we need him to be a healer, he will show up in that way. If we need him to be a redeemer, a restorer, he will show up in that way. But we have to hold on and believe and wait till he does it. And sometimes that gets harder than we know. And so I wanna take the time to look at a life of someone who I believe teaches us how we can stay full of hope as we grow in our relationship with God. And if you're in the room and you're saying, okay, Verlani, it gets better. Do you, have you seen my life? Do you know? Have you even seen my social media right now? It's a hot mess. Like things are not getting better. I'm trying to prepare for school and it's not happening. Do that coworker? No, I don't think that's going to get better. I want to let you know that God says it, it will get better. It will. It will. But I find that we sometimes confuse better with easier. And that's not what I'm saying today. I'm not saying life is going to get easier with God. It's going to get better. It's going to get better because we get better. As we grow with God, we get better. When some of us who said yes to Jesus and thought it would be easier and you're realizing, why did that person walk away? Better. God doesn't take things away without intending to restore and to put something better in its place. That is what God wants us to know today. It is better that he's leading you towards. Amen. And so I don't know where you've settled for okay. I don't know where you've settled for, you know what? It's, it's enough for me. I don't know where you've settled for average, but God wants better. He's saying it's better. He has better for you. And we're gonna look at David's life through some of it in the beginning, somewhat in the middle, towards the end, about how life gets better for David because he chooses to keep God in the mix. And so for those of us taking notes, number one here, life gets better with God as our heart does. Our heart. God is better, therefore our hearts get better. He always wants to do the inside job first. What did we experience with people who just got baptized? Something changed on the inside first. And then we get to see the celebration of what a life transformed and made new in Christ happens. But Proverbs 4.23 tells us this, how important is our heart that the proverb says, guard your heart. He says to guard it. Above all else, guard your heart for it determines the course of your life. Life gets better with God as we value our hearts because it determines where we go. If you've, if you've wandered around here and wondering, how did I get here? Check your heart. Perhaps that's where your heart was leading you to. Your heart might have led you some places that you did not expect to end up. And it is our responsibility, as the proverb says, to guard it, to keep it. But some of us here are thinking, okay, Rolani, I guard my heart, but how? 
How do I do that? David shows us in such a, in such a beautiful way how we can guard our hearts and lives true to the sentiment. In fact, when David was about to be anointed king of Israel, he was young. He was super young. So much so that he was even like he wasn't counted in the mix of his brothers, right? He has there's settlers eight of them including David. And Samuel gets this directive from the Lord to go and anoint the next king of Israel. Now mind you, King Saul is still very much alive. And if you would have found out that Samuel's already looking at the next guy who wasn't part of his family, he would be killed. Just as that. So Samuel's trying to be discreet about how he's gonna do this, but he follows the Lord. And here's what's so funny, because Samuel was looking for someone that looked like Saul. And sometimes when we don't when we're trying to think about our heart here, we may look to something that looks familiar to our past. And God wants to do something new. God wants to do something new, and I feel that for someone. Um, so in 1 Samuel 16, 7, this is God speaking to Samuel about what to look for in the next king. He says, looks aren't everything. Hello, looks aren't everything. <laughs> Don't be impressed by his looks and his stature. He's talking about one of David's brothers who was nice and tall and handsome, just like Saul. Um, no, that's not what God was looking for. He says, I've already eliminated. God judges persons differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face. God looks into the heart. See, Samuel comes into this pretense of being able to sacrifice something for the Lord. So he basically rallies up David's family to say, hey, like, we're going to offer something to the Lord. We're going to have this dinner together. And then as he's trying to, like, figure out who's going to be the next king, he's like, okay, we're going to do this whole thing together, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out. But God's telling him, he's not here. It's not happening. And so Samuel starts to ask Jesse, like, hey, so where is, is there, these all your kids? Like, am I missing something? And Jesse's like, oh yeah, yeah, oh, I totally forgot. There's this guy, yep, he's the youngest. He's actually not here right now, but I guess if you want him to come, yeah, let's bring him in. And in verse 11, I love that Jesse tells him, well, they're still the youngest, but he is out in the fields watching the sheep and the goats. And what's so amazing about that is while David's heart was in the field, God was preparing a table for him. And for some of us, our heart, well, how do we guard our heart? Go out to the field, watch the sheep and the goats. Who are our sheep in our family? Maybe it's our family member. Maybe it's that coworker. Who are the people that God has entrusted us with, our, with the ability to minister to, to talk to, to share what Jesus has done in our lives. I was like, go out in the field. That's where David was. And God prepared a table for him. In fact, Samuel was like, hey, unless he's in here, we'll wait for him. We'll stand and we'll wait. Mind you, his brother's already prepared the meal, all this other stuff. He's like, no, 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 we'll wait. And the condition he came all dirty and muddy and stuff like that because he was out with the sheep, that's fine. Didn't matter how he looked like because it's what was in his heart that mattered. And so our hearts 
can get better as we continue to live with God. God is better, therefore our hearts get better. Amen? Amen. So second point here, our life gets better with God as our vision does. Our vision And so we move into this part of David's story where he becomes king, right? Fast forward a few years, and he has been fighting a lot. Because as you know, at the time, Israel, I mean, King Saul was running amok. He was crazy. He lost his mind at the end of his reign. And David comes in to restore what King Saul had left. And in that restoration project, he fights a lot of wars, And here's this moment, after a little while, he finds himself at rest. And we pick up this scripture in 2 Samuel 7, verse 1 and 2. And it says, when King David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all the surrounding enemies, it says that the king summoned Nathan the prophet. So right, Samuel has passed, we're at Nathan now. And he says, look, David said, I am living in a beautiful cedared palace, but the ark of God is out there in a tent. He's out there in a tent. So can you, if you can imagine this for a second, David has been working, he's been building his house, he's been out there fighting, and all of a sudden he comes back and he finally has this moment of rest and he looks around and he's like, wait a second, the people come to me and they, they approach me and I live in a palace and it's like cedars, you know, great material, all sort of stuff. And then when they go to worship God, which also I've instructed in terms of like offering them something to God, he, they're worshiping him in a, in a tent. There's something wrong here. And David decides, he gets vision in that moment. He goes to Nathan, he's like, I wanna build a temple. I want, to, I want to build something great for God. And Nathan's like, yeah, 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 go for it. But then the Lord says, oh, wait, wait, wait. I want, to, I want to tweak this vision just a bit. I know you want to do something great, but let me come in and say, no, 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 this way. And that's what I feel like some of us who are here, we want to do something great for God and we have something in mind, but God's saying, no, 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 just a little tweak here, just a little switch here. And what ends up happening is he tells David, he's like, ah, your son, Solomon, will build the temple. Your son will do it. And David says this incredible thing. He, he humbles himself to know. He's like, okay, God, you've given me this vision to build this temple. I know that I, I know where I live, but I want the same for you. And I love that God doesn't even complain. He's just like this guy. He's like, yeah, that's fine. He's like, I've been with you since you were a shepherd. I know who you are. I know your heart. And yet, he still says, let Solomon build it. And David's response says this. He's like, oh, man. And now, oh, Lord God, I am your servant. He acknowledges who he is. He could be king to everyone else, but he's servant first. So it didn't matter what position he was in, he, was still, he still saw himself as a shepherd. He still saw him, the heart posture never changed for David here. And so when we align our vision with God, we know when he speaks the better word, we say, yeah, I, I, we confirm it. And he says this, he says, do as you have promised concerning me and my family. Confirm it as a promise that will last forever. See, David knew that what he built for himself 
was temporary, but that what he would build through his son, could it last forever? That was his expectation that the Lord would be able to do that. And God says he did. He says, yeah, absolutely. With, with Solomon, it's going to last forever. That's what he said to him and he promised him. And it's incredible. I hope you get to see it. I don't know where you find yourself, where David had rest. And because he had rest, he got to see the vision that God had for him. For some of us, we've been fighting long enough. We've been building some things and God wants to give you rest. And so I say that again, rest is coming for some of us. But as you rest, you will get the vision again. And as you get vision, let it align with God's vision for your life because it is better. It's so much better. Yeah, amen. And so as we get to this third point here, man, life gets better with God as we embrace his peace. I love that we sang that today, that Jesus Christ is my peace, he's my hope, he's my everything. And that is something that when we talk about generations to come, when we talk about what things we can leave the next generation, I find that peace is something that is at stake. Wherever we go, it seems like we're being robbed of our peace time and time again. And you know, what's interesting with David is that David receives God's vision for a future temple. He believes that Solomon will build it, and then he prepares for it. He gives Solomon all the materials. He gives Solomon all the people. He tells them, yep, this is going to all stuff, but I know it's going to start with you, but I'm going to start doing stuff now to set you up. And so when I was a kid, my mom, um, she would uh, do her daily devotional in the morning. So I, you know, at the, before the sun came out, she would sit on the side of her bed uh, with, her, with her Bible and her devotional. And she would sit there and every now and then as a kid, I'd just kind of like peek in and be like, hey, what are you doing? What's going on over there? You know, she's like, yeah, I'm just spending time with the Lord. And she'll just close her eyes again. And I'm like, okay. And I'm trying to do the same as I'm sitting next to her. And I'm like, yeah, this isn't it. Like, I'm not, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> And I didn't understand what she was modeling at that time. Fast forward a few, like decades later, 10, 10, 15 years later, uh, her and I are on a vacation and we're on this cruise. And sure enough, at this point, I've been following Jesus for a little bit longer. <laughs> and I find myself waking up before the sun, sitting. I go outside in the balcony and I sit down with my Bible and my journal. And sure enough, 10 minutes later, she like, I hear a rumbling in the door. She comes out and she sits next. She sits in the other chair with her devotional and her Bible. And we spend this incredible moment together with the Lord. And I sat there and I know she didn't see it, but in my mind, I kept thinking, oh, what she's given me is something that will outlast what she even thought she was doing because she was just living her life as mom, right? Just sneaking in her moment with Jesus in the morning because that's the time that she had. Even then, I still disrupted her. <laughs> and that's what happens. And yet, as an adult, I do the same. And what it looked like for my mom to give me this incredible gift of spending time with the Lord in the morning, for, for David, it was giving this incredible gift to Solomon to build the temple, one that would allow the people of God to worship him in a way that he deserved. 
And it's so interesting because Sol, uh, David shares this plan with Solomon and he tells him, yeah, like you are going to be the man of peace. You're gonna be the person that's gonna, be, that's gonna bring peace to the nation and you're gonna be the one that's gonna build this temple that's gonna honor God. And the fact that God will, God the Father, God will be with you as you build it and he's gonna be with you forever. What an incredible promise that as long as you, yes, he's going to be with you forever. Can you imagine if we could tell that to our kids and the generations to come that God will be with you forever, just continue to build and we can prepare them for that. And so I love that David embraces peace in the form of preparing his son to take his place. And it's one thing to embrace what God has said. For some of us, we're still wrestling there. Did God really say that he was gonna do that? I don't wanna say that he has, because it gets better. And it's another thing to believe it, but it's one other thing to see it come to pass. And David gets to see something incredible as the transition starts to take place. See, before Solomon took the reins, there was another son of David's who tried to take advantage, who looked the part, who was gathering people to himself. He was calling himself the king. And David quickly gets notified of this and does the ceremony to, to anoint Solomon to be the next king, all right? Because looks aren't everything, right? God looks at the heart. And the vision is important as well. And so here's what happens when David anoint Solomon as king. And we find this in verse 38 through 40. It says, so Zadok the priest, first Kings number one here, Nathan the prophet, Benaniah, son of Jodiah, and the king's bodyguard took Solomon down to Gion Spring with Solomon riding on King David's own mule. Can you imagine King Solomon riding on a mule, getting ready to be anointed as the next king of Israel? Incredible that it would be a mule. And there Zadok the priest took the flask of olive oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon with that oil. And then the sound, the ram's horn, and all the people shouted, long live King Solomon. It, Solomon's name meant peace. So what they were saying was long live peace. And they, that's what the people were shouting. They embraced the fact that peace had come in this next kingship. And that was, transition was incredible. And that's why there was such, so, such, such disruption to have it on the throne. See, and I love this last part. It says, all the people followed Solomon into Jerusalem, playing flutes and shouting for joy. The celebration was so joyous and noisy that the earth shook with the sound. The earth shook with the sound of peace being put back on the throne. The earth shook. And there was this other time, fast forward years later, where the earth shook again. And there was a different shaking then. We find it in Matthew 27, verse 50 through 51. And we find that Jesus, when he was crucified for our, our sins, when he was trying to save us from ourselves, Jesus then shouted again, a different shout, a shout 
that released his spirit onto the earth. And it shook the ground. But it shook the ground because, of, because he tore the temple. The temple that King Solomon's peace was meant to build. Jesus comes years later and tears it down. Why? Why would that be the case? Well, because Solomon came, but he only offered a temporary peace. If we know the story of Solomon, things don't end well. He, his heart starts to compromise of the things of God, and God couldn't allow for that to continue. And so he blesses Solomon in his reign, but then the kings to come after didn't have the same peace, couldn't afford to, because they weren't honoring God. And so I love that the world rejoices when Solomon becomes king because of what it implied, that peace came back. But his compromise actually gave way to prepare us for an everlasting peace. And not only an everlasting peace, but a temple that did not have to break in the way that it did back then. It actually gave the opportunity for a temple, a living temple, to rise. See, when Jesus released his spirit unto the world and the earth shook, life came, resurrection came. And that's what he does when we invite him in our lives and it gets better, life comes. The things that are dead suddenly come back to life. The things that where we lost hope from, all of a sudden, during a drive to a wedding venue, it comes back to life. <laughs> See, the same peace that was offered to David back then is available to us today. Through Jesus' ultimate sacrifice and what David left Solomon and what my mom left me is the same thing that we can leave our, the next generation. It's peace. And that can be found with Jesus. It's the greatest gift to understand that there's a God in heaven who, hear, who sees us and he hears us. I love that the psalm says he hears the groans of the prisoners. For those of us who feel shackled, for those of us who feel restrained, for those of us who feel bound, he hears the groans and he sent Jesus to release. That is what Jesus wants to do. It's what our church is founded on, that we would see people live free in Christ and then transform the world. And so for us, you maybe you're sitting in this room and you're thinking, you know, Rolani, that sounds great. That as I, as I, heart, as I, as God gets better in my life, maybe my heart will change. Maybe um, my vision will change. Maybe something will shift. But I cannot understand this peace thing. In fact, for some of us here, you've actually said, you know, everything in my life is good but you don't have the peace. You don't have it. And that is where I want us to get, oh, get this from, that with God, life gets better because his peace. He's the peace in the middle of the storm. He is the peace that can nap. <laughs> 
when the world seems chaotic, but he's there. The authority that we have with God pales in comparison to the authority that the world has. And so for us today, it would be my honor to invite each and every one of you to this peace, a peace that knows no bounds, a peace that can take you from, that can last forever, despite what it looks like for you today. And so with that, would everyone bow their heads and close their eyes? And I want to give that opportunity for someone who says in this place, you know what, I want to invite that peace back into my life. I've lost it. And so as a church family, can we repeat this prayer, giving this opportunity for people to make that decision? Please say after me, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me your everlasting peace. You risked it all so I could one day know you. Forgive me, help me, trust you more each day. Help me receive you, amen. And so if eyes still closed and heads still bowed, if that's you, on the count of three, I really wanna offer that opportunity. If you said that prayer for the first time or you're saying, no, Verlani, you know, I wanna get back to a place where peace sits on my throne. With that one, God loves you. He has a plan for you too. Man, I, it's the honor of my life to invite you into this peace that's everlasting. And three, if you could, Raise your hands for me if anyone would like that peace. Yes, I see those two hands in the front, that third hand there. Yep, I see that hand right there. See the guy in the hat there. Thank you so much, sir. I see that hand back there. See those two hands back there. Yep, I see that hand right there. Yeah, I see your two hands up there. I see those hands back there. I see you, sir. I see that hand. I see those hands in the back. Yep, I see that hand there. See those two hands right there. Thank you so much. You can put those hands down. Father God, we thank you even now for what you're doing in the life of your people. And I pray that this peace would transcend them and their families to come. And I pray that you would guard them and keep them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, church.